Greetings, Meltopians. If you've become enthralled by the dark wastes and nightscapes of Meltopia, and want to further explore its Stygian depths, consider joining our Patreon. For $2 a month, you could become a Meltopian and gain access to the darkest artworks, as well as written mythos pieces contained in the Melgrim, entries in Meltopia's own dark encyclopedia, and the legendary Corpus Diabolos, an elite publication containing essays written by the most esteemed dark scholars. For $5 a month, become a feared mailsayer and gain early access to episodes on the Meltopia and Sleepwake Cycle podcasts, and listen to new episodes of our audio series, Tales of Meltopia, The Lost Library, and The Weird Book. And for $10 a month, join the ranks of the Melsapien, where you can listen to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, October's Children, as well as gain access to found recordings discovered throughout the world in The Weird Tapes. But if you're not ready to delve into the pitch just yet, and would rather swim the shallows to test the blackened waters, you can explore our public page which contains our entire backlog of Tales of Meltopia, The Lost Library, and The Weird Book, episodes from the Meltopia podcast, which all together number over a hundred episodes. So, whether you want to become a full denizen of the dark, or simply peruse the public archives, come visit us at patreon.com forward slash Meltopia. That's M-A-E-L- T-O-P-I-A. Now, without further ado, enjoy the show. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Initially, I'd hoped to spring the same kind of attack I'd launched within Bohemian Grove. Masquerade as a member of the place until such time as I might dole out as much death as I deemed fit. But now, having seen the bizarre state of the city of Bray, I thought it more prudent to leave the truck behind and advance on foot, to gather as much information about the place as was possible. Within the dim light of a city enclosed in the hues of decay, I stalked. 
towers of rusted iron and cobwebbed steel loomed high above, their jagged structures mocking the concept of a typical skyline. The city was a monstrous labyrinth of oxidized metal, each edifice in different attitudes of deterioration, all breathing an air of solemn contamination. The sky was no different, for there was a dome, an expansive canopy of corroding alloy that emulated the heavens, offering neither solace of a blue expanse nor the comfort of twinkling stars, only a monotonous sheet of rust. Flecks of it would periodically detach, spiraling down like bizarre snowflakes, a constant reminder of the city's relentless decay. The metallic crunch underfoot echoed through the bleak silence of the city as I made my way through its orange innards, my calm matching the city's unsettling ambience. My eyes, mirroring the city's dispassion, drank in the strangeness of this iron wasteland, finding an uncanny resonance in its lifeless beauty. When the sound of a truck emerged from the distance, I slipped sideways into the rusted-out hulk of what might have been a post office only one made entirely of metal, and deep within the throes of being consumed, rust covering and penetrating deep into the bones of its metropolitan skeleton. The truck was stark white and easily stood out against the corroding city. It drove at a slow, almost mournful speed, more the pace of a hearse than a conveyance for the delivery of the mad, which was what I was certain the truck was either delivering or had just delivered. Yet again, I proved myself for a fool, not having taken the trouble to sufficiently interrogate the inhabitants of the truck I'd hijacked. But it seemed that it was an oversight I'd be allowed to correct. I rode the spiral through the metal corpse of the dead city, leaping and climbing where needed, till at last I found myself waiting for the truck to pass beneath where I waited, perched atop the roof of a second-story building that overlooked the road. Landing silently atop the cab of the truck, I quickly made my way around to the driver's side of the vehicle. <laughs> the window was again wide open. This time, however, I would join the driver inside the cab. I was required to do little more than hop down upon the outcropping next to the door and strike the driver with adequate force to stun him. After that, I merely slid the door open and assumed the driver's vacated position behind the wheel. The rather portly man was only momentarily dazed and recovered in seconds. It was important that I acclimate him to the new driving conditions. Ugh. Oh, uh, uh, what's going on? Howdy. I'm Baron, and I want to ask you some important questions. Like... Are you picking up or dropping off? I was beginning to wonder if I even needed Dylan at all, as it seemed I'd come by my own brand of comedy. Listen, fella. Baron. Okay, Baron. You don't have the slightest idea what kind of shit you just stepped in. But if you don't get the fuck out of my truck... Ugh! As I was driving, I'd only spared the man the back of my hand, but I'd forgotten my own strength his nose now sitting crooked upon his face. I'm no fan of insolence, as I do not often <laughs> truck with fools. So if you continue to speak when unbidden, I'm afraid I'll be forced to remove your face. Slowly. 
have we achieved an understanding? Yeah, 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 I, I understand. Excellent. Now, where are you bound for? I, uh, I just dropped off my, uh, cargo. And, uh, now I'm making for Custer Cliff to pick up another load. What precisely is being done to the mad that you've been collecting? Be specific. Look, I, I don't know anything. I Just that the doctor who runs this place wants him. His name? This doctor? Uh, it's, it's Dr. Coldglow. Dr. Abernassus Coldglow. Hmm. I like his name. It sounds purposeful. Now, how did this place come to be? He was, he was just here when we all woke up. I've recently met a man made of metal who can coax cogs out of living flesh. Is this some creation of the good doctor? No, uh, shortly after we all woke up, uh, the sun, it, it turned orange, and uh, a man drifted down into the center of the city. He had wings made of metal, uh, a halo of rusted cogs. All of it covered in rust. Some of the people who saw him ran to touch him. Thought he was from heaven, I guess. I, I don't know, maybe he is... When they touched him, they became, I don't know, like, like robots. He, he started to call him his blessed ones. After that, the, uh, winged guy asked to speak to the wisest man the city had to offer. Dr. Coldglow was what we had. Not long after, uh, some of us get called to do these runs, see, uh, to collect as many crazies as we could. And? Look, I, I was just doing what I was told. Please. Your amoral deeds, done for whatever reason, are no interest to me. Speak of what you were commanded to do. When we're all full up, uh, we're supposed to kill whatever nuts we came across. Which was likely fairly easy, given that many of the cities have been given to collecting them all in one place, for convenience sake. Yeah, yeah, I guess. What of these blessed ones? Where are they? Once the rusted angel thing went to talk to Cold Glow, well, uh, that was the last we saw of either one of them. The blessed ones are out in front now, running things, I mean. How many? Uh, there's, there's six. And I'm guessing that Cold Glow was located at the hospital, which is where you've been delivering your shipments of madmen, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm sure you have a pen and paper somewhere in here. Draw me a map of the city. The important roads, the locations of these blessed ones, and the hospital. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I, I can do that. Just gotta get the pad and pen from the glove box. I would caution you to leave the gun you've stored inside, as well as the one under my seat, exactly where they are. Facelessness is merely the destination. It's my peeling your face from your skull, the journey, that should concern you. I, uh, I, I understand. There's a good lad. As my opponent from Breakersville lacked wings, I assumed him one of these blessed ones. The creatures wouldn't have been much of a problem had it not been for his potentially infectious touch. A problem my new lead-lined gauntlet should remedy well enough. I'd also cobbled together explosives far superior to the one I used on the creature. No, my chief concern lied with this angel of rust, as mere contact with the thing was sufficient to transform a person into a mechanical freak. And, 
given the nature of the freak I'd faced off with, I'd surmise the angel's station related to tradition, the elimination of change. I would likely require more than mercury from a wall thermostat to effectively destroy it. Uh, here you go. It's got everything you asked for. Thank you. This will do nicely. Look, uh, do you think you might- I'd made more repressors than I can count, so I had no real reason to test it out. But it never hurts to be certain. At least not me, at any rate. After depositing the truck and its owner deep within the bowels of some teetering abandoned factory, I minded my new map carefully, scrupulously avoiding locations marked for hosting these blessed ones. My course took the shape of a rambling excursion through the insides of the city's seemingly derelict constructions, partaking of the decaying aesthetic of dozens of flaking orange shelters. For a city roughly the size of Breakersville, it was surprisingly sparse, as, besides the truck driver, I'd yet to encounter a single occupant of the place. I was beginning to grow concerned for the fate of my... of Wicked. Was he still alive? And should he be dead, what precisely would that mean to me? But Providence had a hand in all of this, an assurance from the powers of tomorrow that he was yet living. Or was the witch's vision merely sight that spited space and not time? Perhaps he was alive at the time of the prognostication, but no longer. My chest began to do something strange, tightening at the thought of being alone again, left only to the silence of my vengeance and the intermittent squealing of pig after pig after pig. I'd grown accustomed to that smile of his, burning through the blood of our recent kills, blazing mirth at the most stone-faced devil. What was life without his company? What was I? Could he be, in fact, a true friend? Thankfully, I was pulled from my odd musings by the sound of legions of shuffling feet and television static. It was coming from the other side of a large, sealed door, not far from where I crept the halls of a rotted metal schoolhouse. The spiral offered few additional details, only that the room was a gymnasium, and that the number of shufflers was precisely 111. The fragile lock came apart in my hands, and the door opened a hair for its freedom. Peering in, I glimpsed the ragged and white-haired multitude. The room before me was shrouded in darkness, illuminated only by the faint flickering glow of a television screen. The inconstant light squirmed upon the worn, rusted walls, as if it were feeding upon what little clean metal was left upon the room's brittle bones. My eyes were drawn to the center of the room, where the gathering of figures stood transfixed before the ancient television set. Seeing them more clearly, I could see that, in most cases, their tangles of stark white hair were largely incommensurate with their apparent ages. It wasn't hard to imagine that the horror of certain recent events might have vanished the color from their hair, but there was an additional uniformity that led me to suppose a different cause. Their eyes, all of them wild and unblinking, transfixed upon the screen that offered nothing but an endless sea of static. They were uniformly insane, 
an identical cause uniting them, it seemed to me. Imagining them the victims of some sort of lobotomy, I sought to get a better look at the crown of lunatics. Back within the spiral, I drew closer to their collectively swaying mass. The flickering light cast an ethereal glow upon their features, emphasizing their hollow cheeks and cracked lips. Their expressions were frozen in a twisted blend of awe and madness, as if they were beholding a dark revelation that only they could comprehend. Their communal murmurs and hushed whispers created a croaking symphony, punctuated by occasional fits of manic laughter that echoed through the gymnasium. When I sought to isolate one of the things for the purpose of examination, I was confronted by something new. Happy day, my mental marionettes of mutated mentality. The sun continues to burn back the darkness, and the world woefully welcomes you back into its indifferent embrace of whited, flaccid flab, where the ecstasies of dream exit stage left at the weakest intimation of worried waking. But fear not. Your collectively curated consciousness may yet reconjure the ghosts of your banished, broken brains. Beneath the mindful ministrations of my magical machine, the bygone blackness will crack with the new dawn. The light of a fallen year will spill out like partially digested Olympians, as the great and gorged father of forgetting will be forced to give up the goods. But until then, mind your madness like gilded gardens, where secrets blossom in the void that started one solemn and stolen September day, and know the promise of its return. Until then, let's dance! I presumed the voice over the intercom to be none other than Dr. Coldglow, who sounded every bit as insane as the white-haired lunatics looked. I was momentarily befuddled by the development. The mad angel seemed to intimate that its enemy was locked into a train of intractable order and perhaps even banality. Yet this doctor seemed to have more in common with the angel than some queen of the status quo. The doctor also mentioned a fallen year, and may have placed its beginnings in September, which, as I recalled clearly, was the month in which we all fell asleep. Or, at the very least, it was the last month I remembered before waking up at the foot of an upholstered mountain. And then there was the doctor's mention of a magical machine, presumably the device he used to do whatever unsavory things to the lunatics. Lunatics who now uniformly swayed to the tinny music left in the wake of the mad doctor. All told, Cold Glow seemed to be trying to deduce the origins of the event that drove us all to madness and amnesia, which I couldn't say I wasn't curious to know myself. But the doctor wasn't my main concern. That dubious honor belonged to the so-called Angel of Rust. Wherever and whatever it was would make all the difference to my freeing wicked. And naturally, it wouldn't do for me not to try to kill the thing. Though, I had to wonder if vengeance alone was sufficient to warrant my killing talents, as there were no pigs to adequately dignify them. Still, it was entirely possible that the Angel would yet prove a pig as the Lord of Hosts was perhaps the greatest swine-herder of them all. With all this in mind, I left the Whiteheads to their poor facsimile of dancing and renewed my quest for Dylan. With no sky to adequately discern day from night, I was forced to turn to the spiral for the time, which indicated the approach of dawn my fact-finding escapade having chewed through much of the night. 
Regardless of the time of day, I felt perfectly fine to continue my quest without sleep, as my body was conditioned for long run times. Having detected no inhabitants, of the same variety at least, I assumed a brisker pace through the dilapidated city, though my feet never left the spiral. Having picked my way through an alleyway cluttered with corroded television sets, I spied a massive metal building looming above me, its base obscured by the surrounding alleyway. It was the tallest I'd come across, and I was curious to know if it might figure into my destination. Consulting my map, I realized it for an office building. Its facade nothing but rusted metal plating bored through with little peepholes. Something giant metal wasps might make for their nest, I supposed. Most importantly, one of the blessed ones was indicated nearby. The shadows were ample and thick, allowing me to advance to the very end of the alleyway without intersecting a single ray of the sick orange light that fell from above. I couldn't help but chuckle to myself when I saw the machine creature from Breakersville, a broken fool sitting forlornly upon the dull iron steps, his previous injuries still apparent. Perhaps it was, yet again, the power of whimsy that required me to perform some quick math, unequivocally determining my former opponent to be a pig, and therefore justifying my finishing our previous contest. It was a simple calculation, honestly. He was the product of weakness. The sight of an apparent angel compelling him to rush over to the thing, touching it, infecting himself with some measure of the creature's power. Afterwards, possessed of strength acquired through no means besides weakness, he sought to hold himself above the world, declaring himself an immutable agent of tradition. By whimsy or otherwise, the thing was clearly a pig in dire need of a squealing lesson. A lesson... I was more than in the mood to instruct. I have to wonder, machine creature, what sort of tradition are you representing now? Is it the time-honored practice of pouting after a sound and stinging defeat? Or perhaps you're the ubiquitous guy waiting for the bus? <laughs> no, wait, I have it. You're expressing the tradition of tit-for-tat. You invaded a foreign city to take my life, and now... It's my turn to enter a strange city to seek yours. I slipped my new lead gauntlets over my hands and forearms as I advanced toward my now standing opponent, grinning a thousand painful promises. The creature descended the stairs, silent, his face, what was left of it, seething with indignation. <laughs> What's the matter? Does the baseball bat still have your tongue? The machine man only roared his impotence and, like every time before, charged at me. I cracked my knuckles through the lead layers of my new killing toys. And now it is time for the tradition nearest and dearest to my heart. When, once again, Baron teaches a pig how to squeal and how to die. Red Mother is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Stephen Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. 
If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.